Hi, everyone. You're listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsville with Roberta McCulloch News of the Mayor's Office in the city of Pittsville. Thanks for tuning in. So today we have with us Joe Gunn, who's on staff at Barrington Stage and has been involved with the theater's playwright mentoring program, also known as PMP. He also comes from one of Berkshire County's oldest families and is a descendant of Agrippa Hull, who served in the Revolutionary War and settled in Stockbridge in the late 1700s. So welcome, Joe. Let's get started. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Good, good, good. Happy to be here. Good. It's a beautiful day. We're having some interesting weather. That's the Berkshires for you. It is the Berkshires, but I also think that it's just like... I appreciate the weather, but it also makes me think, like, should we be having 60, 70 degree weather now? Well, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But I guess we'll just take it. So. All right. So let's just get started. So your Berkshire roots run so deep and it was actually a really like it was a pleasure of mine to actually look into your history because I'm a history lover. I love history. But before we get into your um, your roots, I want to talk about the present for a minute. And you grew up in D.C. Were you born there as well? Yes, I was born in um, northeast D.C. All right. All right. So um, how was D.C. life for you? Oh, it was it was fun. I I grew up in a very strong community. Mm-hmm. Um, went to an Episcopal church down there. I served as an acolyte. Like I was the type of kid I'd walk all my neighbors' dogs or cut the grass or I'd be the go-to if they were going out of town. You know, water the plants, taking mm-hmm. the mail. Mm-hmm. So you know, everybody knew each other, and that was back when community was community, and y- your kids could go out and your neighbors would. You know, look out. So mm-hmm. set the stage. What what was like the the decade? Oh, so this was eighties. I was born 80s. in um, nineteen eighty four. Okay. So eighties, early nineties. Okay. All right. All right. So DC, definitely. I actually had the chance to go to DC. I want to say maybe a couple of years ago now, um, and it's going through its own sort of revitalization. Um, but a lot of historic places like Ben's Chili Bowl, um, oh, yeah. places like that. Um, of course, Howard University. Um, definitely that sense of history is all around you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You said revitalization? Uh-huh. So you go down there, you ask some people, they say it's more gentrification right. and, and coming in, too. Mm-hmm. But that's, um, you know, with any big cities, it's... It's going on everywhere, but yeah, there's um a lot of new good things at Southwell too. Did you get to check out the uh, museum? The Absolutely, Smithsonian. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. that that was a must because, mm. like I said, I'm a history lover. So for me, actually, that was our main reason for going to DC. And they got the African American Museum. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. It's so it's yes. a, yeah. So the Smithsonian African American Museum of History, and um, it's it's fantastic. And if you know the shape of the museum, it's almost like like an inverted pyramid. Yes. So, and when you have you been there? Nope. Okay. So, <laughs> but I've seen it. I, I've gone in. I mean, right. gone gone around. I haven't yes. been in. Well, I think you can also do a virtual tour. Yeah. But if you get a chance, it is amazing. Um, but I think you're you're absolutely right when you talk about the usage of the word revitalization, and I use that in the sense of that there there are new developments. But I do think that there's always that um, push and pull yeah. when um, there are new developments. What about the people who have always been there, right? And DC. As we know, uh, was called the Chocolate City for a reason, oh, yeah. and so I think that there's 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 this maybe reckoning of how do we, um, you know, welcome and encourage the new developments, but also ensure that the people who have always been there um, are able to live um, and you know live quality live a quality of life that's thriving. So, um, for sure. So you you. Lived in D.C., you had the sense of community, um, and it was a great upbringing for the most part. But then you had a change, I want to say, around 10th grade, and you came to the Berkshires to stay with some cousins. Oh, what, yeah. what happened? Um, let's see. How could I put this? It was more like some, some Fresh Prince of Valera stuff. Okay. Happened, <laughs> you know? But um, I, was, I was playing basketball, mm-hmm. got into some stuff with some people. And it got serious, and mm-hmm. you know my mom wanted the best for me, right? So, 
to keep me safe. She wanted me to get out of the city Absolutely. And, and, you know, move me up here, which was like such a big change. Like I used to come up here mm-hmm. um, during the summer times. We come up, visit our cousins. We'd have family reunions mm-hmm. up here, stay up here for about a week and then head out. And I loved it. You right. know? It was the, the nature, the um, the fresh air. Like you could tell as soon as. Soon as you hit mass, roll down the windows, you could just smell the difference mm-hmm. from DC. So I don't know, it was a good outlet, but you know, places are different when you live. But. Right. You you always knew you were going back home. Yeah. So it's like bye. <laughs> so living in the Berkshires full time, did you live in I know you went to Taconic, so did you live in, in Pittsfield when you moved here with your cousins? Oh or? yeah. I lived over on um Glenwood Ave. Okay. So what were some of the moving from a, a big city to a smaller city is a big change. How were you able to adapt? What did you do? Whew. Well that took a bit. Um I'll say it was because I went, the school I went to in D.C., the high school I went to was um, Bell Multicultural High School. And mm-hmm. it, from, it stood by that name, like, from any race, from Ethiopian, Chinese, Japanese, um, Salvadorian, mm-hmm. Puerto Rican, uh, African-American. Yeah, there was probably one. There was one French kid mm. in our whole school. And he was like, there was one, uh, um, if, to say Caucasian, but yeah. he was French. But, yeah. Yeah. So then going from that to coming to Taconic, uh, what was that? Early 2000? Yeah. Something. 2002? No, 2001, I think. It was before the, it was right when the World Trade Center. Yeah. Happened, I think, because I remember seeing that up here. Okay. But yeah, it was a big culture shock. But Wow. Right, because your environment, it's. It, I always tell folks, like, when you're in New York City, you get to see everyone. Yeah. And so, I mean, I have that sort of as my foundation, but I can only imagine when I moved away from the city, I was older. So, you know, it was it was different, but I think, you know, you were still a young person. I mean, you're a young person now. You're not old. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old, though. Um, and and oh. um, I say that in the most respectful way, you know, but... Um, but you were still sort of just, you know, shaping out your 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 thoughts and oh, yeah. your experiences, and so to be in an environment, 15. yeah, yeah, fifteen. So, how did that? Um, did you like it? No, not if no. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was weird, but you know, I just I just go with stuff. That's mm-hmm. the type of person I'm. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll look for the positive in anything, and you know, if sometimes you got to make do. So you mentioned that you stay with cousins. So I want to say then that the your family and so your last name is Gunn. Yes. Right. So it it would be accurate to say that the guns are spread out through Berkshire County. Yeah. Yep. There's um we have guns in South County, mm-hmm. in Stockbridge, and um Pittsfield. But who I stayed with in Pittsfield was Cheryl Gunn, rest in peace. Um, she was a nurse at, at BMC. Okay. And that's in Clay Clay Gunn. He's a um, firefighter mm-hmm. here, so he stayed over there on, on Glenwood with um, his sibling. I mean, um, their their sons and daughters, um, Clay, Cheryl, and Tonda. Uh huh. But I don't know. It was fun, and they they helped me a lot. They showed me the ropes around here, mm-hmm. and um, met people along the way. Okay. And I actually ended up having an apartment to myself over on. What was that? Fen Street. Wait, 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 wait. When did the apartment come into the mix? I was 17 years old <laughs> and still in high school. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I almost didn't make it. <laughs> All right. So before we get but, into the apartment, let's, <laughs> let's talk high school Maybe life. we shouldn't get into the apartment. Okay. Maybe not. You may not want to get into the apartment. But um, in terms of, like, in high school, what yep. were some of the things? And the reason why I want to know about your high school background is because when we think about what, you've, what you're doing professionally and where your professional path has steered you, yeah. obviously there is um, there's a lean-in towards young people and helping. So I'm trying to um, figure out, like, were there hints that this was going to be the direction that you were headed to back in high school? What were you thinking your future career was going to be about? Well, um, I've always loved acting and um, theater and stuff. But when I was first coming, I just, I don't know, I I like helping out the community Mm -hmm. in art. And I used to, like, volunteer and um, to the homeless shelters and stuff in, Mm -hmm. in D.C. when like after school we'd go to the homeless shelter and and pet, hand out soup or food or mm-hmm. help cook and stuff and um my mom 
had always worked with with kids and stuff too and mm-hmm. i always had my nieces and nephews so i just like working with the youth so mm-hmm. then when i came up here i actually had oh yeah i had a brother up here that's to where my apartment yeah. came in because my brother ended up moving out here, but he worked at Girls Inc. Okay. So he got me my first job working at Girls Inc. Okay. And I was a mentor. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I was a mentor. I did a teen program. Okay. And. All right. All right. So, so when so you knew in high school, you already had this background working with kids. You had this childhood that you were already always involved with young people. So you kind of knew you wanted to do something after graduating from Taconic, like with yeah. young people. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So we're going to get into that um, in a minute. But I want to I want to talk a little bit about your family, because um I think this is huge, first of all, the fact that you know that you are a descendant of Agrippa Hull. And so if you're just joining me, um, my guest today is Joe Gunn. He works at Barrington Stage, um, and um, he hails from one of Berkshire County's oldest families, the Gunns. And so um, you are a descendant of Agrippa Hull, and he has been referred to as, quote, unquote, one of the most remarkable and unnoticed African-Americans of the revolutionary era. So i got to ask you, Having this and this lineage, is it something that like you are like as soon as you can walk, like, you know, the name Agrippa Hall? Like, tell me, how does this work in your family? Okay, so I was up here. My mom came up here. I was young. I went to Stockbridge playing school and Mm -hmm. I um, lived at there's a little greenhouse right across the street from the fire station when you're going to Stockbridge right on Route 7. Yep. So I stayed there. I went to um, Stockbridge playing school and that was my um, great grandmother and great grandfather's house. And that's the house like my grandparents, um, grandparent moved up, um, grew up in. Really? A bit. Um, And that was Sinclair Gun. And David Gunn. David was one of the first black refs in Berkshire County. And um, he was a high, high ranked Mason. And um, my grandmother, great grandmother, too, Sinclair, she was a um, high um, Eastern star. Mm-hmm. And um, she was, was it president of the Amazon Church, too, mm-hmm. back then? But they would always have meetings in the living rooms mm. and they would it would be a big thing there would be people i didn't know who the people were at the mm-hmm. time and they would just talk about i would hear a grip of hall hear a grip of hall yeah. and he used to fight they would there was an ongoing battle because of a lot of the land he owned just got taken and the papers got burned uh-huh. um during um it was a uh, was it Revolutionary War. It was it was something that happened. Is this when he moved back to Stockbridge? Yeah, because he had moved back in in 1783, and he was able to buy land. Yeah, is that when so, they tried to take his land? Yeah, so it was after, and and I just remember my that bothering my great grandfather all the time, and he would have meetings, and I just remember the papers and stuff they would talk about. So that's when I first heard about it, and they were never able to prove. That so that yeah. you know nothing and it's land it's right over um you know when you're going past um the red line and you mm-hmm. go down and you take that left like you're going to a great bearing so you mm-hmm. go over the bridge look over to the left a lot of that mm-hmm. was was hits so. really but um yeah so that I would hear General Chappie James that come up a lot a lot i would always hear him and then later i remember being in school and doing black history programs and they're like yeah you can do it about him and he was he had married my grant st clara's niece so he would um frequently visit the berkshires mm-hmm. as well and um what was it my my grandmother now my grandmother barbara mm-hmm. gunn she was originally a walker but her maiden name was walker mm-hmm. but um her brother my uncle romaine he was uh Tus- in tuskegee airmen he was so big though and so tall like, yeah he, he couldn't fly the planes what? he flew planes but he couldn't fly yeah, the planes yeah, so yeah. he worked on them so he was an engineer for the pilots and um he actually took me it was the first time he came to visit me in dc and he took me to the air and space museum that's a fine memory so we have like a lot of historical Joe, like I'm, like, I'm, like I'm looking at family. black history right in front of me. 
Yeah, like it's, like, it's crazy. Like, but, this is crazy. Wow. But, you know, it's something to be proud of. Yeah. And, and like, so I've always heard stuff or thought stuff, but, was you know, it, when was you're it, in it, you don't it, look at it like well, that. Well, that's it's true, just family, too. It's just you know? family. Yeah. But would you say that, I mean, goodness, like, so it was all around you. So you almost, you you had a sense of it. Did you take that sense of it outside to people like your friends and at school? Did they know who you were? Did they know? No, I didn't talk about all that. Why not? Like sometimes um, during, well, Black History Month, I, mm-hmm. I would do stuff and I do stuff on my family. Mm-hmm. Yes, but not something I'd be like, oh, hey, my name is Joe. Did you know this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't do that. But like, well, um, all right. Norman Rockwell, too, yep. could, because that house, you know, we grew up. Um, my uncle Skippy was good friends with Norman Rockwell's son. And that's how a lot of my family became to come into to the paintings, like the yeah. golden rule, mm-hmm. the problem we all um, face. And, um, oh, there's another one. I, I can't remember the name of it. But, yeah, there's a, it's a lot of history out here. A lot of history. And I also see your hat. So oh, yes. are you also, do you hail, have indigenous roots yes. as well? On on both both sides. Um, wow. Of my mom's side, my dad's side, both grandparents, uh-huh. Cherokee, Blackfoot, like in the um, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee. Yeah. Like the Blue Hills. But um, on my mom, my grandmother's side, Barbara Walker, they still have like people on the reservation. Really? There. Yeah. And on my other grandmother's side, um, Carolyn. Wow. And George, so yeah, it's a lot of history, a lot, a lot of history here, and you know we all have history mm-hmm. and all come from something, so it's it's good to. But I think that if I may, one of the things that separates um, you, the what you're telling me and from what um, other people may experience is that they don't know. You know, you can draw this um, this path. Back to a descendant. I mean, obviously, he's a descendant um, of who, you know, is he's renowned, but you can do it. Yes. There's a lot of people that it gets to a certain point yeah. and it stops. And that's, and that's all you know. Horrible now. That's what I'd say that mm-hmm. there needs to be more conversations like this. People need to talk to their elders. Mm-hmm. You, you have conversations with like the, the wise ones in the family, and, mm-hmm. and so many people are distracted. These days, all it takes is for someone to pass away, and there goes that knowledge gone. You're and it's af- not passed. You're absolutely down, right. You know? I, I, what you're saying is so true because even in my own family, you know, as people do transition, you think to yourself, "All right, there are a lot of things that that person has now taken with them," yes. and um, and I, I think it's so important to, whether it's recording, whether it's having an interview with them, sitting down, just say, just give me a rundown because we don't think about those things until it's too late. But so there's the aspect of oral history, right, that can um give us that sense, but then. I I think even when you do like genealogy, I mean, records um, and I'll say in in the case of um, people who are who hail from the diaspora, you know, the records aren't always there. Right. Mm -hmm. So you may not be able to just go into, um, you know, uh, the city clerk's office and find certain records because they don't exist if you weren't counted. So I think that there is the importance of the oral history to at least fill in the gaps where you can. I actually love that's why I like ancestry DNA and those things because yeah. you actually get like a sense of um, even if it's not like a name, you get like a region, right? So I think that's important. So we knowing that you have like this rich history as a child, you did not tell everyone about your history. But as you got older, how did it shape your view as um, a resident of the Berkshires, knowing that you had this history? I always liked it. Well, just last name, period. And people would ask me, like, you're related to Ray? Mm-hmm. You're related to David? Like, <laughs> they, they were um, very good. Like, yeah. they, they were refs out here. David is, um, not David, I'm sorry, um, Ray. Mm-hmm. And that's your great uncle. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was my grandfather's brother. Because right. it was um, David, St. Clair, mm-hmm. and Ray. Ray mm-hmm. was the youngest. David was the oldest. Mm-hmm. And he lived on um, 22, like, on, in Stockbridge. Mm-hmm. And um, 
That's who his daughter Linda Gunn was the one who posed for right. on the Norman Rockwell right. the Ruby Bridges poster. But mm-hmm. that Meryl is there. You know, it's the funny thing though. She hated that. She did. Yeah, she she hated that. Always bringing people <laughs> no. bringing that up. Oh, let's see this and she said, Ah, I don't mm, want to. Because it's one of those things. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, in, on on one hand, she she posed to be the model, but if you think about the subject matter, yeah, for what she for 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 what she did, it. It's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy stuff. But modestly, you know, yeah. like oh, so that I don't white hear about dress that, that's in but, the Rockwell right oh, now. Yeah. That's she, her. She that was her that dress. For, yep, she had that for a very, very long time, and um, not too long ago, she donated it to um, the or sold it to the Norman Rockwell. Yeah, museum. I was with them when they did that too. But it's, I don't know. It, it's very interesting. But she was like, it was cold. I don't want to be there. Wow. Like she just but she's but. a part, she's forever a part of history. Oh, and yeah. I think that, again, it goes back to some of the things we don't necessarily, you know, maybe like or even appreciate when we're when we're in it. But looking back, the impact, right? And like the legacy, like she's forever attached oh, yeah. to that experience. Forever. Like those pictures, anywhere I go, like I remember I was working at Girls Inc. Boom, that picture's there. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm, I've seen a picture or something on it. News with Michelle Obama was mm-hmm. in that picture was right behind. Like, mm-hmm. She's everywhere. It's, it's timeless now. But. Exactly. So you know what? I was always I, I did I would bring that up sometimes mm-hmm. like, with um, people in my in my teens years. But so has it also inspired you because you're a dad and okay. um, has it? How have you transferred the knowledge of your family's history to your children? Oh, my son, I've. I've told stories and, um, you know, let them know where, where they come from mm-hmm. and who we come from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to have that sense of pride and have That's that right. sense of who you are. Yeah. Everyone, it's important to, right. to know who you are. Right. And I try to instill some of the same things that have been instilled to me, like in work ethic and mm-hmm. how to humble yourself and uh, a lot. Okay, all right. So for my listeners just tuning in, my guest today is Joe Gunn. Hello, hello. (laughs) He's on the team at Barrington Stage. He works with the Playwright Mentoring Program. And um, he's talking a little bit about his family. He he is a Gunn, and they are one of Berkshire County's oldest families. And so he's talking a little bit about his background and also that history and what that means to him and um, also how he has shared that history with his children. Um, All right, so... Tell me a little bit about just the the professional experience because after after graduation after graduating from Taconic, you um, embarked on a path of almost like immediately working with young people. Yeah. Was that intentional? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was already working because um, I was working with at Girls Inc. Mm-hmm. and I started off with just a one day a week mm-hmm. mentor thing. Then I ended up joining a outreach program so we would do drug and violence prevention hmm. throughout the high schools and i taught sex ed and um hmm. okay throughout some of the high schools in, in berkshire county okay uh like what was it phs okay and Connick, we went to one in lee okay as well hmm. but um and i did read did the after school program there as well like mm-hmm. for when the kids came after mm-hmm. and had that the boys group the teen boys group tell me about that that seems really interesting that was fun that was a lot of fun okay because (laughs) you're almost here's here's why that's good i'm gonna let you get into it too but because you're you're fresh out of high school like Um, i was young you're young and then you and then you're also working with 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 teen um teen boys so you're you're able to relate but you're also able to give them a little bit of guidance too so how was that for you it was hard at first because I was so young. Because when I first initially started, I was like 19, Yeah, I think. But then, you know, after I graduated and stuff, you get a different batch of kids. So I'm like, all right, now I can be a little bit more professional. Yeah. And um, Like I'm not your buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was cool. And, you know, you yeah. run into those kids now and, yeah. and they, you know, they thank you. And it's like, oh, man, reminisce. And it's, it's a good feeling, you know, and especially when you can help. What were some of the be part of a difference? Yeah. What yeah. were some of the things that you had to help um, navigate them through? Because and and why I ask is because 
we have seen how the um, the challenges of each generation are yeah. different. Like what the young people are facing today is totally different oh, yeah. from what they faced like 10 years ago yeah. and so on. So what back, were some of the things that you had to help them through? Back then, it was a lot of peer pressure, mm-hmm. um, more bullying and hmm. choices of, of like staying away from certain gangs yeah. and, and hanging out like that. Just making healthy decisions hmm. and Drugs a lot too too were going around mm. and um what was it back then? I think it was pills. Mm. Something, but just just keeping them on the right path, giving yeah. them something to do, uh, listening to their voice, just really being there for them. Yeah. It wasn't anything particular like, oh, we'd focus on, but just being present and mm-hmm. having being a positive male role model, you right. know, was what a lot of people are missing. You know, you wanna give what you didn't have. Or what what you wish you had right. with certain things. So that's why I did what I did. Mm-hmm. And um, shortly after that, and it was funny, too, because you're, like, graduating high school. It's funny. I didn't ever get to walk across the stage. Really? Nope. Nope. Hmm. That, that goes back to um, <laughs> that apartment that I had when I was 17. That apartment. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I, I ended up having some trouble yeah. with my math and I had to make it up in summer school. So mm. I just got my diploma. Aww. So didn't get to walk. Mm. But it's ironic because I actually ended up working there after. Interesting. Yep. So I was a paraprofessional. One on one aid. Well, we won't name names. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But hindsight is always but, twenty twenty, right? Like oh, you always yeah. look back um, and you're like, wow, um, I wish I was able to have that experience. And who knows? I mean, you know, I mean, is it something that you still? Oh, nah. I mean, it doesn't bother me it doesn't like bother that. Me like anymore. that. I yeah. bet I had those dreams. You know, those dreams yeah. you wake up you're like, oh, shoot, I don't have enough credits. I'm still in school. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wait, why am I this old and in school still? But... As you wake up and go search for the diploma. Yeah, like yeah, it's right yeah. here. <laughs> but no, right. it was cool. I ended up substituting mm-hmm. and um, doing that and being involved. So it. it it meant a lot. I guess it meant a lot more than just walking across the stage because everybody does that, you know? That's true, but so, it's what you do with it, right? Because yeah. the walk is um, is ceremonial. Yeah. The walk, it, it is, it's, a, it's an outward display of your, your hard work. But then it's always, it should also be, all right, what are you going to do next? Like, mm-hmm. and, and that next could be anything. I always say it's like there's not one clear path for folks. You know, everyone has a different journey. And so the important thing is to know what your journey is going to be. Mm-hmm. But your journey took you back to school. Yeah. It took you back to the place where you were a- able to help young people. Yeah, but oh yeah, let me speak about that real quick. Yeah. Okay, so that was good. I was a little. It stuck with me for a little bit and bothered me because I really wanted my mom to come up here and mm-hmm. you know see me mm-hmm. graduate this and that. But as I was working in the school, I really didn't like. I really didn't like it. Hmm. I didn't like the school setting, the mm-hmm. like structure of it mm-hmm. and how they would place all these kids and expect them to hmm. to learn all the, on the same level in the same way. Hmm. Like kids learn different ways. If people need that extra attention, right. certain kids they label, oh, that's a troubled kid. Oh, right. I don't want him. Like, you, you know, you, you go to the teacher's lounge and you, you, mm-hmm. you hear him mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. and such, such. I was like, man. So I felt like I could just reach more and do more yeah. on out, like outside of the school system. I could reach the kids and right. do more for them and be more present mm. and and help them out, you know. So that's why I got into the yeah. Barrington stage, the um, playwright mentoring program as well. So right, and 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 to your point, you're absolutely right. Um, before we get into Barrington stage, but the labeling of children and young people. That's if if you're going to put a label, put a good label, right? Mm. Like put something that you want that child to aspire to because that child is going to meet your expectations. So if you have a low expectation of that child, you are already setting the scene and saying, this is all I expect from you. If you have high expectations, that child might they might struggle but they're going to know that you think that they have the capacity to do it, even if they don't tell you. And even if they push back, a part of them 
is going to relish in the fact that someone believes that they can do it. And I think that's that whole social socio-emotional aspect of um, development is is important because it's not just like the textbooks, like open up your book and read and that kind of thing. It's literally like nurturing that I know you can do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so. I think it's it's holistic. We have to have a holistic sense of learning where it's not just the books, but it's how we nurturing them as individuals to know that they have the capacity to do it. Yeah. Um, but so you 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 took your insights of of um, what young people need, and you said, "All right, Barrington Stage Playwright Mentoring Program. I'm going to give you what I got." So tell, talk about that. Oh, that was one of the most. One of the probably most fulfilling jobs I've ever had, mm-hmm. because when I first started too, um, I worked with uh, court referred kids. Mm-hmm. So we would um, we would deal with kids that were instead of going to lockup, mm-hmm. they they would come to our program and it was part of their like probation. Mm-hmm. So we would give them a voice and to to speak however they felt about you know whatever yeah. whether it be school, whether it be their parents, whether it be the TCF worker. Um, we were there to listen and and see because they were like court referred. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to be there. They had no idea what they were getting into. Half of <laughs> them never did theater before, so they come in and they're like, "Oh, this is stupid! Like, who's this guy? Like, he's uh, he's weird. Why is he so happy?" <laughs> but um, you know, you, you end up winning them over. Right? They get to having fun, and um, one of the most rewarding things is seeing them accomplish something mm. and telling their story because we would take their whatever they wanted to say whatever story they had if they wanted to make a scene of it we would all right like, all right let's improv let's act it out yeah so for an example it could be a oh my teacher was giving me a hard time such and such i've been going through this at home and he's just not letting up so we you be like all right so show me what's this look like and like and i exploded but i shouldn't have so we'd play it out and then we'd play it out again in a different way. So what would you what would be a um a better alternative way that you could have acted or, or reacted to such and such? So then we would do it. So then they'd see and then we'd sub other people in, we're like, All right, you can direct this. This person will play you. Tell them what you think you should have said. Uh-huh. So it's good. They they get to see their chaos outside of the box. <laughs> so how and, how did you because you're telling me now where they're able to create but the road to creation. Oh, there's a lot of a lot that, of trust building. That's right. It's a, yeah, for them to be able to feel safe, mm-hmm. and especially in front of their peers. Mm-hmm. So that's it's a slow process. Yeah, I just jump from there. But you know, you you, you come in, we do a check in, mm-hmm. we talk about our day, we talk about ourselves. If you don't want to talk, you know, you don't talk. But my job, like, I would get them to. It's fun to expose yourself. It's okay to you know be open. Did you expose yourself. You, we're listening. We actually care. It's yeah. not like the school setting where you're just coming from and right. you got to sit, be quiet. No, mm-hmm. don't. So the, the whole dynamics and structure was way different, and they weren't used to that. And once they see and once you gain that trust, yeah. that's when later on the, the improv and stuff comes in. But we come in and we start just talking regular about our days. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about healthy relationships or what's, you know, pros and cons of certain things mm-hmm. and um. Yeah, it's a process, but mm. once they get that and they they do it and it's their work mm. and they didn't think they could even do that and they mm-hmm. it's something life they just stuck through and finished to see see through right that smile on their face when when um the the performance is over uh-huh. and they're taking their bow and they're just glowing and it's one of the best best feelings seeing someone accomplish something that they didn't think they could do it's huge and, and tell their story it, like they would perform in front of their judge their parents their um parole officer mm-hmm. or, or dcf worker that we might have made a story about but someone else was playing it you know right. it's all like anonymous right. but i don't know it's great and i think it's that they could a lot of people could utilize from that so that's why i still stick with it Mm. this day and i am getting old but (laughs) again old is relative i have a birthday um november 30th it's coming up (laughs) during the week if you see me you know just yeah i 
I wear a size 11 shoes. Joe, I'm older than you, okay? <laughs> you are not old. Because if you're old, then what am I? Ooh. All right. Be timeless. careful now. Timeless. We're timeless. Tread lightly. We don't crack. Tread lightly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, the PMP program obviously has helped um, so many young people in so many ways. Has it inspired you to write plays of your own? Ooh, ooh. You know, I don't take the time I love to take to express my own creativity. Mm. But it reminds me and it it gets me like I've been doing more things with theater. Mm-hmm. I've I've done a couple of plays. Yeah. I've been in a couple of readings and it's Which ones? Helped can you, me a lot. Can um you share? Oh, let's see. The first one I stepped into was it um, the Colonial? Okay. It was the tribute to Trayvon Martin. Okay. I think it was like 2016, maybe. Was that facing our, facing our Justice or Facing? Yes. Was that through Bridge? No. Wait. I don't know. Like, it was really it was, weird the yeah. way it happened. Somebody called, was sick or something. Yeah. And couldn't play a part. And then someone just called me up and I, I had I was like in that a too. day. I yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I was. Yeah, you were. I, Yeah, because... <laughs> Yeah, I played a husband. I okay. was with um, what's her name? Who? Lucy. Right. Yeah, I played <laughs> with Lucy. Okay, so yes, yes. you were there because I have the t-shirt. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So yeah, so I just filled in. I was mm-hmm. just filling like I had a day notice, I think, and okay. they're like, "Well, here's the script. You think you do it? Come in and such and such." I was mm-hmm. like, "Uh, I haven't acted in a while." Yeah. All right, I'll do it. So it was good. Yeah. And um. I did, um, shoot. Didn't you do something else? I feel like. Yeah, the, um, there was a Juneteenth. Right. There's Juneteenth one. I did a reading for the Super Duper Kid mm-hmm. as well, too. Right. And, hmm. Something else. I don't know. Let's not talk about well, me. It's all about the kids. Well, well actually, it's all about all of it. Because right. yeah. I think that, remember, oh, yeah. what so you do inspires them. But also, mm-hmm. as they're learning from you, you're learning from them. And so the learning is cyclical. But, I mean, I would think that that sort of exposure to the arts could inspire you in some way to oh, get yeah. into it. Yeah, it put, it, put a, it put a little fire in my belly. It got that okay. bug. Yeah. But, it's definitely interesting. I'm, I'm sticking to it. I'm, I, I do have plans uh-huh. of my own, but I won't. I won't talk about well, them. I got to walk about them. Guess what? And I respect that because, um, you know, sometimes and some people like to share their plans, but. I think sometimes when your when your 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 plans are in the infancy stages and they're like little babies, right? And sometimes if you send your little babies out there and they might not be ready, Whoa. right? Right? So <laughs> Wait, people might to... people might crush your little babies. Yeah. So you almost want to protect it, and your dreams are like the same thing. Like as you're nurturing your dreams, you sometimes I mean we're in a shareable time where everyone oh, yeah. is sharing every single thing, and sometimes you need to like not. Yeah, really. Sometimes you need to. Just like move silently and not share. I seen this thing. Um, it was talking about goals. Yeah, and it, it was it wanted to use a different word for goals because like people are like, oh, it's your goal, it's your goal. Uh-huh. Like people don't always meet their goals. Right. So what happens? Like boom, when when you're setting a goal, mm. you're like, all right, let me get from here to here, mm-hmm. and that's my ending goal. Like there's no ending. You know, right. this it's a process. It's mm-hmm. something you want to do, but then what's next? What's right. next? And you say, oh, I'm gonna be. I'm going to have kids when I'm 31. I'm going to have a house when I'm 35. I'm going to have this and have that. So what happens if you get to that age that doesn't happen? Right. You know, it, 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 it takes a toll. It takes on, a toll. On some people. Yeah, some and they people, feel like a know? failure. And then yep. they feel like I didn't meet my goal. But, I yeah, I don't think I've ever been tied into having a goal that had like a specific number only because I have always had the sense that life is relative. Yeah. Things change. So I I always believe in doing the work. So you do the work and your path will take you where it's supposed to take you. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say you shouldn't have aspirations. That's not to say you should just wake up in the morning and say, well, I want the job. So mm-hmm. I'm ready job. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like you actually have to put in that work. But 
but it all comes down to if you have this very precise checklist and you don't meet it, it doesn't mean that you are a failure. It just means that life is relative and you have to you have to actually plan for the unexpected. But you always got to do the work. You got to do the work because what did I see? I just saw something yesterday and it talked about the difference between dreams and outcomes and it's the actions in between. And oftentimes, yes, we should visualize. But if we don't do the work, you can visualize until the cows come home. Yeah, it's steps. It's levels to this. There are levels to this. (laughs) Like you actually need to do the work. And so only that person will know what that entails. But. It definitely has to be um, a a process. So I respect that you want to kind of keep those dreams to yourself. um, And I I respect that. Now, being that you are affiliated with Barrington Stage, and I love the arts, I love the theater. um, I grew up, you know, um, in an arts and theater kind of like, community and culture so I've always had a deep appreciation for it so to me it's like just going to see shows and stuff I like it but I know from when I've gone to shows um I haven't always seen the younger set at shows so being that you are of the younger set um what do you think or what would you say to people who are like "Eh, I ain't going to no theater show that's not for me like what would you say to folks like that I tried because you know what that's it's so great and you know to each his own yeah but I'll do things where I can get comp tickets or this and that Mm -hmm. and I'm like hey you should check out the show Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. it's really nice and I've gotten a few people to go and they thank me and they were like yeah happy but you know I don't watch every show too right there's some been some really good stuff and we're working on incorporating the community mm-hmm. more with different things, like um, our oh, the black voices, the, right, 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 black voices right. bringing in the community, right. and younger people to to show all the talent that's in yeah. Berkshire County, and hopefully draw them in more. And with this new season coming up, like. Actually, I'm not even sure what plays we have. I don't even know if I can speak on that. Well, don't. But, I don't yeah, want you to get I'm in not, trouble. Yeah, so, not. yeah, because I don't want marketing on but you. But that, that's <laughs> a big thing that yeah. we're working on is drawing in more of the younger right. crowd and, right. and getting in because I, I love it. Yeah, you know? I love it, too. I mean, I I think that I just going through all the shows that like I've seen at Barrington Stage. I remember like the Pirates of Penzance, um, goodness, uh, Into the Woods. Oh, yeah, that, um, was, no, that was a big set. Yeah, too. like that was great. And I love the music. I love just, you know, your imagination just takes hold. And, you know, but I've often looked around the room when I go. And again, these are shows that are playing like during the summer. And you look around and you're like, hmm. Yeah. Well, listen, there's some, some crowd, you know, there's a majority, but I've, I've seen some. some I've younger seen kids some, up there. but we don't have a, but, there's, yeah. there isn't a critical mass of the younger yeah. set. And I think it's important that one of the things people should know is that you live in the Berkshires. Yeah. But you know what, you though, have this too? at your disposal. They, they do that, and they provide free tickets to, through the high schools yeah. and stuff. Because my son actually told me, he was okay. like, Dad, I seen the um, show, and it was the last one that played. Um, uh, uh, this is, wait, what was it? This is us, or? No, wait. Uh, all of, all all of, of us. us. Yeah, all of us. All of us. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, yeah, it was really good. Like, yeah. it was funny. It was, uh, And, you know, that was a romantic comedy, but and it, that's it was how you, real. That's how you yep. build your pipeline, right? Oh, yeah. Because you think about it. These high schoolers are going to be your next generation patrons. So you definitely want to be able to, um, to to pique their interest. So they're like, yeah, actually, I went to a couple of shows, and it's really good. I mean, because if you haven't been exposed to it, sometimes the unfamiliar is like, hmm, I don't know about that. But... Again, I think going through the high schools is a great idea. Yeah. And I actually had a friend of mine yeah. um, come up to me, him, him and his girl, and they, they were talking about, oh, yeah, well, we're going to the show next week. I was like, you are? <laughs> I was surprised because, you know what I mean? He's not like the type. Right. He's like, yeah, I'm going to see a right, play. Right, 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 right. Yo, dog, I'm going to see a play. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he was happy. He was like, yeah, we're going. You're going to be there. I'm like, nah. I I do maintenance and stuff too. Right. Like I'll clean up right. before, but I see right. the show and I'm in and out. Right. Well, see, <laughs> but, but see, you're hardworking and you have many different roles and many different functions. Oh, and yeah. I think that um, Barrington Stage is blessed to have you because you're able to provide those key insights to a demographic that they that they're seeking. So that's really important. Mm-hmm. And they they are one of the best 
um, like places I've ever ever worked for. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're just great and go above and beyond. Yes. So so we got to talk so a little bit. Shout out to shout out to them. Shout out to Barrington Stage. Great team at Barrington Stage. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and so I think that there was something that for your work and when listen when we do our work, we don't do it with the expectation that we're going to get honored. Right. We do good work for the mere fact, the simple fact of doing work. However. You were, <clears throat> excuse me, honored in 2020 with the nonprofit. I want to say it's the nonprofit unsung hero yes. award. Unsung hero award. All right. And I had no idea. That, uh-huh. it, was, it was peak, uh-huh. peak COVID. Uh huh. Sitting in an apartment, depressed. Hmm. Um, I was working seldom, but coming and people were like, "Hey, congratulations on your nomination." I'm like, "What?" what? Like nomination for uh, I don't mm. know. So a couple of days went by and then so they, they like, knew oh, before yeah. you. Yes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I'm, I am so bad with checking emails. Uh-huh. I, I hate technology. Period. Okay. I'm not very tech savvy. So mm-hmm. I guess there was an email sent to me, but I didn't read it. Hmm. Um, but then you know people kept saying something. So I'm looking into it. And I'm like, all right. So what does this mean? So right. I look at the email. Still didn't really click. I didn't know what it meant. Uh-huh. I'm like, all right. But then they were like, it was, I was in the paper. And yeah. this and that. I was like, oh, snap. And then I was like, unsung hero. Yeah. So I had to, what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, bro, it's here. Like, because I've always, you know, worked with the youth and, yeah. and been in like from here to there. So it never cared about any recognition for right. it. You know, the work speaks for itself. Right. I, I just felt good. It was, it was nice and something to be proud of. And um, I didn't even know I was nominated. So it was like actually good and brought me out of a funk and, you know, gave me something to smile about and and show my kids. Yeah. So that's another thing, too, like I love about the stage because like my daughter, she'll come with me. She'll see the plays. She'll come like to help me out with work Uh or or this or that. And, you know, everyone's been so nice and Mm -hmm. good to her there. Do you think you have a little actress in the making? Oh, for sure. For sure. I think I saw a little video of her (laughs) and I think I saw her dancing. Oh, You captured her dancing. Yep, I was painting and Uh um, it was over the weekend and she... We were playing some old music and she, she just gets down. She'll come in and sing like when I clean the cabaret, sometimes she'll go up on stage and and sing her her little song. Uh-huh. So, yeah, and, and she likes the actors. Like, yeah. what was uh, what was the first one? I think it was the Crossing. Mm-hmm. With um, I saw the, the Crossing. And, that was good. Yeah, and and she loved like the costumes yes. and people and dancing, and she it was, was so good. And she really gained the concept of actors. You know, these are the actors. Yeah, so. because <clears throat> when they and, change their clothes. After the show, they're out. Yeah. First of all, it's like, yep. don't stick around. And and it and it's very clear. First of all, it's the genius of acting because you get so enthralled with the person on stage. And when they come out a costume and when they put on their regular clothes and they come out that side door, yep. book bag on, they're out. It's like, yep. what did I just see? They, are, they have a job. They too. have they, a job. Yeah. But I think it's great that your daughter is exposed to this. And here's something. I don't think she'll forget this, right? Because it's not like she's a baby baby she's mm. she's up the up the age where she has a sense she'll remember this like this is going into her like foundation and you never know she oh, might yeah. get into broadway <laughs> or like you know maybe she wants to do hollywood or whatever yeah, yeah. Like, like my son he's he's big into sports and basketball is and he stuff, in, does but, he like the theater um he's he's a little quiet like okay he's he's done um like he went to Casablanca, okay, for um, modeling, okay, and, and graduated from there and did. Uh, okay, what's Casablanca? Um, it's, it's a talent agency okay. school in, okay. in like Connecticut, okay. but it's it's a thing. So he's done commercials or okay, different. How um, cool! He's done commercials, things for magazines or That's stuff. So, so nice, but. As a theater, ah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just more into his sports and stuff. So. It's funny, my kids when they were little, they um they were I, they were BTG kids, um and they did some stuff with Barrington Stage Two, they did some stuff with Spectrum Playhouse, um and it was easier when they were little. Mm. Mm. See, when, you mm. just reminded me. See, my first first letdown, and I almost didn't even get back into acting after this. Yeah, I think I was like eleven. Yeah, my mom was like, "All right, come on." Uh, you know this song, right? You're gonna learn this song. I'm like, what? 
So I went, and it was an Oscar Mayer Wiener truck. Oh, no. <laughs> and I had to sing that damn song, My Baloney Man. <laughs> they sized me up like, yeah. Boom. I didn't get the part. Yeah. I forgot who they picked. Little, <laughs> you but, probably didn't want the my, part. Oh, no. They talked me into Did it. Did you want to do it? After, no. Uh-huh. But then I, I learned the song. You learned the song. I, yeah. I put on the smile. <laughs> I make it seem like it was Joe Jackson sitting there like, sing the song. <laughs> <laughs> Sing the song, damn it. <laughs> oh, I wish I were. <laughs> I'm singing, I'm singing. <laughs> no, but yeah, that was my first song. Yeah. Big letdown. And because, I, I got because back you, on the horse. Because you didn't get the part. Yeah, Is that yeah. right? And but that's I the used, thing. I used to um, do the Black History Program, though, yeah. in, in church. We would always mm-hmm. have plays. So that, I've always been in, into theater. And, yeah. Um, that's usually that. like so, ground zero for like a lot of um, kids growing up, you know, starting in those either like your church or community center, like you yeah. do plays, um, you got to memorize your lines. There's no reading from oh, any yeah. paper. Like, See, no, that's what I like better yeah. is memorizing because when I was younger, yeah. I couldn't I couldn't read. I mean, I, I was more dyslexic. <laughs> like I would read backwards. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. I got too comfortable. Oh, boy. All right, so anyway, yes, memorizing lines was key. And then that's, you know, as I got better, I got more, um, gained more. Yes. Confidence? Yes, confidence. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Well. And we'll do more stuff. Good. I see that you have no problem with language. You are quite comfortable with language. Well, my filter sometimes. Yes, and it is okay. I know sometimes people do get comfortable, so I won't hold that against you. Right. Um, but we do have kids that listen to the show. Children. Yes, we do have children. Um, but I will. But but I I get it. You know, letdowns are a part of life, and you know, I think you had your first experience where you didn't get something that you wanted, and you know, in a way. Sometimes it's the things that we don't get that teach us the greatest lessons and things that we do because yeah. it toughens us. It, it it shows us that we can still, we have resolve, yep. right? Like you didn't get it because you weren't the best part for the Oscar Mayer Wiener song. That's right. Right. And, and who's to say like, I don't want to be known. I'm an adult. I wouldn't want to really be known as that. But maybe you'd get residuals. Perhaps. Perhaps. So there's the good and the bad. However, yes. it just meant that for that song, there was someone else that they wanted. But you apply that same thinking to life, right? Like, I mean, as we get older, like, I think, like, young people and even older people, too, like, we need to know, like, we're not always going to get it. Mm-hmm. We're not always going to get it. And it's going to be okay. It'll be okay. Um, so, all right. I get it. Um, when you're not working... What do you do to unwind? <laughs> when I'm not working, that's yeah. that's hilarious. Are you always working? I'm always working. Or mm-hmm. I have I unwind with my children. That's with, good. With my daughter, I'll go to a, to mm-hmm. a game. Mm-hmm. I'll just sit back and watch Netflix, honestly, yeah. too, yeah. And, and relax. But if I have my kids, we're doing something fun. Yeah. Or but yeah, I work. Um, I also work at Girls Inc. I, I clean there at night. Okay. As well. And I worked in Barrington during the day. You are hard so, working, Joe. Yeah. And cut grass here and there. And so, hey. Listen, I mean. It's 2022. Joe, the, the, you sh- the bells is. Joe, is you crazy. sure you're not Jamaican? They <laughs> <laughs> work hard. Yes. Every you day. work very hard. Very, very hard. I was like, but Joe, you're going to come with One, another two, job? Because I'm going to I'm going to have to make you an honorary Jamaican. <laughs> Because you know I'm Jamaican. Yeah. No, I didn't I am know that. Ja- I am Jamaican. I was born in Jamaica. What part of Jamaica Can- are you from? Oh, please don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have family who listen to this. Uh-oh. They're going to say, no, no, no. Um, Kingston. I was born in Kingston. And uh, my family came to this country when I was two. Oh, and so, yeah. Um, yeah, that example of that, the multiple jobs and stuff, like I saw that all around me. Um, I remember even like growing up, they used to make fun of it. Like, like in Living Color, they used to have jokes about like mm-hmm. people who had like multiple jobs and things yeah. like that. But again, um, not to say that 
only Jamaican people have like multiple jobs. I know just so that no one gets upset at me. Oh, yeah. That I know other people yeah, have multiple are jobs. There are hardworking people, people everywhere. Up everywhere. But my my point of reference um, was what I saw around me in terms of just um, Jamaican people having like three jobs and juggling and doing all that. So I think I might make you an honorary Joe. Hey, you add more one, add one more job to that portfolio, and I might just have to give you a call. All right, all right. <laughs> gotcha. All right, all right. But you're working, you're working really, really hard, and um, and you spend time with your kids, which is great because again, it's in those moments that you're building lifelong memories, yeah. right? And that's what should be done. And it's very sad these days because mm. people, a lot of people are work a lot and have to work a lot, but not everyone has the luxury of being able to bring their kid with them sometimes I know. or spend that time or, or, and I, I re- that's why I love Barrington so much. Mm-hmm. And it really instills good work ethic within mm. her too. And she sees and, and she like, she sees. Well, just she'll ask to help. Like, right. I mean, I don't got to be like, oh, this or that. She'll come hold something for me, or she knows how to mow a lawn. She's worked wait, a wait, snowblower. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Hold, hold up. What do you mean she knows how to mow a lawn? Yeah, she's cut the grass with me. She knows how to keep it in a straight oh. line and and push. Like, okay. yeah, I teach her. Okay. So she she's not going out there by herself. Oh, heck no. Okay. No, no, no. I just, <laughs> like, what? You know, I, I just tell her the ropes sometimes. Okay, of course, of you know? course. But I love How to use a screwdriver, how to do stuff. As you should, like, so she can you know? be independent. Yes, it's, it's very important to, like, instill. Very important. And a lot of times these days, people have other people bringing up their children, Mm-mm. you know, or this other children bringing up your children. Mm. Like, you have to be a bigger influence than, yeah. than anything right? to with instill the 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 jewels the riches that yes. you know that that make us us right and i think you're absolutely right and you know the 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 examples that you're showing her she's never forgetting first of all your son's never going to forget it your daughter's mm-hmm. never going to forget it because you're present you're present and it's all around them they're never going to forget it like and those are the things that don't have a dollar value attached to it oh yeah right because like the money's gonna come and the money's gonna go all that mm-hmm. whatever but it's those memories right that's gonna stay and that's she, they're way gonna more remember. Important. like that was the thing like uh, there was the thing like okay so if you got offered a million dollars would mm-hmm. you take it but at what what at what cost exactly like i need so to you know get, the caveat you, 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 if someone's gonna give you a million dollars but okay you could only have it for one day you die the next day Mm-mm. right no you wouldn't take no it. no so, way so if someone was like okay i give you a million dollars but um you you someone in your family would pass no no and you're like no you take you choose your family over that mm. million dollars or something like you know this yeah. thing is more important mm-hmm. than, than, than money like the time spent the memories the relationships with people like that's that's what's key and like you said money will come and money will go exactly so it's, exactly. it's sad that certain people don't know real wealth it, and what it, real wealth is that's right that's right because that's the real wealth and as you're 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 instilling in your children that good work ethic but you're also giving them those 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 lessons and those life lessons that they'll never forget that have no dollar value. And you're right. It's so important to be a critical thinker and not think that money is the be all and end all. It's a it's a medium, yeah. but it is not the answer. And um, yeah, you gotta find a happy you, medium. You gotta find you can, a happy. You can't me- just go. <laughs> Listen here, you hungry. can't. Just, well, that's true too. <laughs> yeah. We're not. We're not advocating for people to talk about. I'm gonna live on love. Yeah, nah. you, you try that. You are gonna be hungry. All right, <laughs> but so so the whole thing is that you need to be be conscious and to to work hard, but also never forget that it's not just the dollar driving everything yeah but, don't don't stress yourself yeah, don't out. stress yourself out all right joe we coming we're coming down to a close um if you have to choose one word to describe you what would it be oh snap um <laughs> huh i don't like describing me but i say spontaneous spontaneous all right we'll go with spontaneous oh you know what wait what? No, what? no we're not no we're not i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with <laughs> i'm gonna go with water water yes you know someone else said that before? Now water. tell me you're just why you said water. Because in life you have to be like water. Okay. There's an old Bruce Lee. This is a quote from Bruce Lee. Okay. Like, you, you go with the flow. You All flow. Right. Like you just, you don't go against stuff and you make the best of stuff and then you find your way. All right. Find your way to the big ocean. We'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> All right. Joe, 
It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for um, a riveting conversation. Um, So thank you. And to my listeners, you've been listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsville with Roberta McCulloch-Dews of the mayor's office in the city of Pittsville. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.